Hello, everyone, and welcome to More Than Macros Radio. I'm your host, Coach B. Let's talk about how I can help you figure your shit out when it comes to all the BS and the trends in the nutrition and fitness industry. I am a nutrition coach that understands the hurdles that women face every day, as I too am a wife and a mother, which is why a sustainable lifestyle can't just consist of tracking your macros. Join me each week as I, or sometimes we, talk about everything from health, wellness, nutrition, mindset, body, and fitness. The goal of this podcast is to have you think more about your habits and behaviors, your relationship with food, and for you to get really curious about where you are right now and where you want to be. If you've been struggling with your health and wellness and achieving your goals, you cannot afford to miss out on this podcast. Thanks for listening. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back to More Than Macros Radio. I'm your host, Coach B. And today we're going to talk a little bit about maintenance and or maybe what I could say is like more of the predictors of weight loss success. A lot of the time, clients will say that they feel like they're broken or that somehow or another, um, they can never actually lose weight, um, that they've tried everything and nothing's working and they want to blame their metabolism, right? I'm not here to talk about metabolism today. I'm here to talk about really what are the predictors of true weight loss success or maintenance, because it's one of the things that we focus a lot on. And what I feel very strongly that we've become experts on at Motivate and Be Fit. You all know that I like to call myself the queen of maintenance because, well, I've been maintaining for so many years, it seems like. And maintenance for me is like letting go of the, you know, the negative thoughts around food, the yo-yo dieting, the fact that I've never, I haven't dieted in the last like six, almost seven years, um, that I can go out for dinner and enjoy my time. I'm not worried about, you know, whether or not I'm going to gain, like, there's no like extreme highs or lows. And to be honest, for me, it's just, I feel like there's like this, a little bit of like this flexibility, but what I know about maintenance is that my, my weight and, or my body composition is not making dramatic changes. So I'm not the type of person or coach that you would see as someone who is in a quote unquote off season or anything like that. My previous years of bodybuilding, for sure, I had my off seasons and my on seasons or pre-contest prep or whatever, but you know, for, for regular life. And what I want to share with you guys is that maintenance for, for myself and what could be for you is just really experiencing, um, these, I don't know, like, I don't know, like a regular lifestyle. I don't know how else to put it, but that all being said, there are predictors of weight loss success. And a lot of these things is, you know, what I'm about to mention is why I am successful in my own, um, maintenance phase, but, and why I've been successful after my previous years of dieting, but also the tools that we often talk about in, um, in our one-on-one coaching, as well as our group coaching here at MBF. So one of the first things that I like to talk about is the adherence to lifestyle changes. So lifestyle changes I like to think about are like things like sleep, maybe managing stress, that kind of thing. Right. So for a lot of people, sleep is a huge factor. Lack of sleep, you know, you, you lower your cognitive ability to make deliberate decisions, right? So, you know, aiming to get seven to eight hours of sleep, people who are doing that on a regular basis are often seen more successful with weight loss. Um, but let me be clear when I'm listing all of this stuff, it's a combination of probably a few of these things, not just one single thing. 
when I say sleep is, is more associated, it's because people are in a better frame of mind. They, you know, if you think about it, like your brain is rested, therefore you have a, you know, a greater ability to make a more deliberate decision. Like, I mean, I know what it's like to be super, super tired. I remember back when I was, you know, uh, a first time mom and how sleep deprived I was and fuck choosing food or going for an exercise program or whatever. Like that was the furthest thing from my mind. I just wanted to sleep. So um, at the end of the day, we know that getting more sleep is, um, is really a, an important lifestyle um, modification and adhering to that. So like, we're talking like not just one or two nights a week, we want to be consistent with that. Managing stress is another one. So when we look at stress, it's kind of like pinpointing what it is that really stresses you out because stress isn't all bad. Like let's, let's, like, let's start off by, you know, acknowledging that because we need stress. I mean, and that's why we have mechanisms in place to help you manage it. However, sometimes it can get to a point where it's so chronic that you don't know. Right. And I think that if we can label what is really, you know, true stress, things that are holding you back, um, again, stress can actually play a role with that mental fatigue as well, because if you're so busy and you're doing 101 different things, you don't leave a lot of room for your brain to make another, you know, like to have like that cognitive restraint. Like it's so mentally fatigued from you having to make 101 different decisions. And then, you know, compound that with maybe a lack of sleep because now you're so super stressed that you can't sleep. I mean, you can imagine, right? So people who experience successful weight loss tend to be people who are managing their stressors that are learning to delegate delete delay. Right. Um, I think another thing too, that's really, really important. And the, probably the most difficult of the more like lifestyle stuff is changing habits and behaviors. Um, a few habits that I can specifically think about right as the, at this moment of recording are things like eating out. So, you know, exchanging that for making meals at home, um, you're less ordering in, less drinking, and even modifying um, the people you tend to like are drawn to. It could be habitual to just hang around with the same people all the time and kind of fall into the same things that they want to do, like their patterns. And so when you can intercept that, it tends to show up. Like you, maybe this is where you actually, again, like if you say no more often, you start to pay attention to who, what your environment is, um, you can start to change some of those habits and behaviors within that. And here's the thing, I will say this wholeheartedly, when people have set outcome goals, that's great, but the focus on the habits and behaviors, that adherence to those, that's why there's true success in either weight loss, specifically in that phase and or maintenance of that phase, okay? So long-term success really comes back to being that willingness to change. And it's hard. It's hard as fuck. I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat this because even for myself, there were a lot of things that I had to change, right? But I think that part of my change occurred because I was just so fucking tired of being tired and, and feeling like I was broken when truly I was not. I was just under-recovered. Um, people like to call it overtraining, but I was truly under-recovered. I wasn't eating efficiently. I had a terrible relationship with food, with my body. There were so many things going on. Um, I wasn't getting enough sleep. I was definitely over, like I was super fucking stressed. If you think about the time that I spent competing, plus raising a family, running businesses, all of that was a lot, right? So I started to change all of that. And that was probably my stepping stone for a lot of where my success is today, because I've taken a lot of those changes and I've implemented them and I've kept them there. 
I haven't gone back because I'm tired of it because I made everything easy enough for me to change as well as adhere to. Um, and I think the last thing in the lifestyle thing is just simply moving more. And I'll talk a little bit about that in terms of like physical activity, but I just feel like, um, it's important to be moving your body and that's going to look different for everybody. It doesn't always have to be a huge workout, but, you know, working with clients, just getting them off the couch, getting them to park further away, that type of thing has really made a difference in their weight loss journey and their maintenance of that. Now, moving into like the improved eating behaviors, there are things like um, tracking your food, which creates that awareness around the choices that you're actually actually making. It's eating less processed foods. Um, so not necessarily doing a complete overhaul, but, you know, when you're tracking your food, you recognize that maybe you don't have breakfast every day or that you're stopping at Tim Hortons. So now you're taking that processed food or that ordering food and replacing it with an actual breakfast that you make at home, a little bit more control over the ingredients that you're putting in, that kind of thing. So those improved eating behaviors absolutely help with um, long-term success. Increasing fiber intake as well as protein intake. Again, you're making better choices because there's a lot more nutrient value to that. So not only are you eating more protein and there's so many benefits to that um, and fiber, but you're also getting the, the vitamins and minerals that do play a significant role in your overall health and well-being. Okay. And then the other, like there, these are just a couple, like the little things that I think really do start to add up sitting to eat. Everyone is so fucking busy. So when you're on the go all the time, what are you actually eating? Well, let's be honest. We're stopping. We're grabbing, you know, a Starbucks coffee because we don't, you know, make time at home to make our coffee. And then we're grabbing whatever else is there. Um, maybe you are sitting in your, in your car, but you're distracted. When I'm talking about sitting to eat, it's like, you're not standing at your Island. You're not just grabbing and going. Um, you're not out the door running with food in your mouth, right? When you sit down and eat first and foremost, it creates an environment for mindfulness. So you actually start to pay attention to what you're eating, how much you're eating. And if you actually fucking like it. And that's really, really important because again, adherence means that you like what you are doing or what you're eating or that kind of thing. Right. So the thing is, is that I know for a long time that if I was just like stopping and going, it was convenience number one, but I started to pay attention to like what there is one food out there that I, I thought I liked. Right. And that would be like the, uh, when I started to do like a lot of like, you know, um, coffee, like my decaf Americano, I would sometimes grab that spinach feta wrap from Starbucks and let, let's be honest here. It's not terrible, but I started to realize that I actually don't enjoy it. And so like, I would, you know, order one. Um, sometimes if I would be more or less, I'd be driving to come home. Like it'd be, you know, after the gym or something like that. And I grab it. Um, but if I'm at the actual Starbucks and I'd be sitting there and I'd be eating it, I'm like, I actually don't enjoy the flavor. So like something like that, like you start to like, when you sit and take the time to chew your food, um, not only are you going to feel a little bit more satiating, you're giving your brain enough time to get the signal to like, okay, you're getting full, but also too, you, you start to realize you don't like the texture. You don't like the flavor. You don't like the, you know, all of that kind of stuff, even the aroma for some people, like it's a turnoff, right? So I think that when we slow down and we sit to eat, it's one of the, um, definitely an improved behavior, eating behavior that will go a long ways. When we're eating super, super fast, we don't give our brains enough time to recognize whether or not we're full or not. And so by the time it does get that message, sometimes we've already been in a place of overeating, right? So people who've experienced 
um, weight loss success or long-term weight maintenance tend to be sinning. They're slowing down their pace. They really enjoy the food that they're eating and they're eating the portion that matters for them. And, and that's really, really important. And, you know, combine that all with creating awareness around tracking and all that kind of thing. That's really important. The other aspect of this is planning. So people who plan their meals in advance, or at least have an idea of what they're eating are going to be more successful. It is a huge predictor of weight loss success because you have a plan. It's kind of like having a roadmap. You're going to get to your destination if you have a fucking map. And I don't care if you're using Google Maps or if you're using a fucking handheld map. As long as you have those directions, you're going to get there. And that's the thing. And you know what's really important too is like you have a map and now you can anticipate, well, okay, well, maybe if you're using Google Maps, they're going to tell you that there's construction somewhere. Well, now you can decide, okay, well, that's like somebody saying, let's go for dinner. Now you have a you have enough time to establish whether or not you want to go for dinner. Do you want to take, go a different direction? Do you want to try something different? Do you want to go out with this person? Like you have the ability to make these decisions because now you have a map of the food you've been eating on a regular basis and you know where you can modify things without it really putting you in a place of like, I don't know, it's falling off track. So that's really, really important. So planning, um, it's not just with your food. I would say that it has a lot to do with planning your entire, I don't know, your everyday, right? So like understanding where, um, you know, what time to wake up. Okay. So you plan for that. You plan to have your meals. You plan to, you know, you, what you're eating, you plan to go for your workout. Like it's just plan to spend time with your friends and family, like, you know, self-care, like you're going to your massage, like, all of that matters. And I think that's really, really a huge um, uh, component of successful weight loss and long-term weight loss maintenance. Um, the last thing that I'll put in there, which I think has to be put in there because I think it kind of like is the building block for the nutrition aspect of things is actually grocery shopping. So I have a ton of clients that it's probably their it's like when they list all the things that they like struggle with on a regular basis, that would be one of them because they don't like going to the grocery store. And I think part of that is because maybe there's some sort of relation to some guilt or they're, they have fear of the grocery store because they're afraid that they're going to bring in foods that they tend to overeat, or they actually don't know what it is that they're eating. But the more often that you go grocery shopping, the more you will be prepared and now you can plan. And the other thing is, is that it brings a little bit more awareness to what you're putting into your grocery cart. And then you can start to make some changes, right? So again, if you're grocery shopping, you're likely going to change the habit with eating out less, right? Because you have food to be prepared. You can no longer use that excuse of like, well, I didn't have anything. Well, yeah, you actually did. Now, of course, the follow through would be to plan and create these meals. However, when you have the ingredients, it's kind of like, okay, I'm going to go on the trip, but I didn't gas my car up. Okay. Well then how are you supposed to get there? So you need to have the fuel, right? And so like, I think grocery shopping is a real, uh, it's a fundamental, I think it's a foundation and you know, yeah, you may not love it, but I think that if you could figure out what it is about grocery shopping that you dislike and figure out if there's a way to manage that. So maybe it's just the lack of time. Maybe that's where you need to time block this. Maybe you got to get a little bit better with understanding where you're spending your time. And I mean, again, that goes back to lifestyle too. You could even like when we're managing stress, like, is that a stressful component of that? What needs to change in order for you to establish a better grocery shopping experience? Okay. So again, you know, just kind of going over the first two things is like, Adherence to lifestyle changes is going to be a, a greater predictor of weight loss success, along with um, long-term weight loss maintenance, and then improved eating behaviors, okay?
Now, improved satiety promoting strategies are going to be what I kind of talked about a little bit in the uh, eating behaviors, and that's an increase in, in fiber and protein. So fiber and protein both have a great thermic effect. So of course they play a role with your total daily energy expenditure, but that's not what we're talking about in weight loss success. Weight loss success, you've already done that. You've done it, right? So you you really don't need to really look at the whole, I, you know, like how much energy expenditure do I have in place? It's more for satiety because you are a smaller human, you likely still will, like, first and foremost, your body's gonna wanna get you back to probably, you know, where your previous weight was, right? Like. It's just kind of like that built-in mechanism of like, hey, let's pull you out of metabolic adaptation and get you eating more calories and put back on some, some body fat. Bottom line is though, is that if you don't want that to happen, you, um, you know, we do want to increase our calories, obviously, obviously to maintenance calories. And in doing so, we want to have satiety promoting strategies. And that means increasing your fiber and your protein. Okay. So, you know, like having protein on a regular basis, having great serving sizes, aiming for one gram per pound of body weight. Once you are in that place of leaner, um, uh, a lean body uh, composition, like if you're still overweight, you may not be able to target that 1.0, but you know, you could be within where you were for your weight loss um, strategy. But at the end of the day, protein is going to be more satisfying. We don't go out of you know our way to like eat more protein because we're starving for it. We actually, most of us don't even eat enough protein. So eating more protein on a regular basis will help as well as increased fiber, because again, fiber is going to promote satiety. It's going to help, help you feel fuller because you're eating more volume-based foods. So this is where we're eating a little bit, you know, more um, vegetables and fruit, but also whole grains, right? So foods that are going to be a lot more nutrient dense are going to be more um, satiating. So, I mean, that still means you're eating carbohydrates. So again, like in weight loss, you might re be reducing your carbs, but we want to bring them back in, right? So there's that aspect of it. Um, the other thing is, is that uh, when you're using satiety, you want to be slowing, like one of the things that will help promote satiety, sorry, is like slowing things down again. So eating, um, you know, slower, sitting down. So again, it's kind of like part of the eating behavior but it's still promoting satiety. So um, slowing down, eating more volume-based foods, like I mentioned, and just not that you can't have, but when we're coming out of a weight loss or fat loss journey, we don't wanna just jump into eating the Pop-Tarts and the candy. We wanna keep our hyper-palatable foods, our simple carbohydrates, our simple foods, um, still to a minimum until we're into a better place of you know consistency with our nutrition. We've got our maintenance calories up to par. Um, because we just want, we want to keep those hyper palatable foods out, right? So if we have less simple car carbohydrates or simple foods, you're going to promote satiety with these more nutrient dense choices. Okay. So again, it's not that you can't have, but when you look at, you know, maintenance and even for myself to this day, I still have, you know, chocolate on a regular basis and I will still go out to five guys, but it's not the majority of my, my nutrition, even in, in maintenance. People think maintenance is like, fuck it, don't care. I, you know, I can eat whatever I want, but that is not true. If you want to maintain where you're at first, you got to eat at maintenance calories. And if you're a smaller human, that intake of food is going to be lower than it was before you lost the weight because you're a smaller human. But the other thing is, is that you can't go back to those um, old eating behaviors or that mindset, because that is why you were in a surplus of calories. And that is why you gained weight. So again, it's just paying attention to that. Um, and just knowing that 
you can't just go back to the way you were eating. You do have to make some modifications and you do have to do it so that you can adhere. So it has to be something sustainable, something that you enjoy and all that kind of stuff. Um, and the last thing that I would say about satiety is eating consistently, like more meals per se versus snacks and just being consistent. I'm not saying you have to eat six times per day. There's like no rules around that. But I think that if you find a consistent pattern for yourself, you're going to find that you're not as hungry. So like someone who doesn't eat breakfast and then like come noon, they're just like starving that can backfire. Right. So if you were to eat breakfast and then have a snack and then have a, you know, lunch and then have a snack and then have dinner, that would be more consistent and more quote unquote meals per day than actually just snacky snacky. But you snackers out there, that doesn't mean your way doesn't work. It might. And I've seen it happen with a lot of people. Um, a lot of my clients who can be snackers because of their job and they're still okay. They are still able to maintain their weight loss. They're still able to maintain, um, long-term because the snacking stay keeps them still, they, they choose the snacks that are going to promote satiety, but also they are staying within their maintenance calories. Therefore they're not gaining weight. Okay. Um, last two are going to be the increased mus muscle tension, uh, or sorry, retention. So basically we're not losing muscle mass, um, or we're building. So basically what I'm talking about here is where we're going to, you know, you are in a better place of, um, or wanting to lift weights. And not only is this going to be great for you, but maintenance means that you are, you, you know, like you may not be gaining muscle mass, but you're in a place of continuous, um, uh, exercise intensity that you can manage because of your calories coming in. So when you're in a, in a deficit, you don't have as many calories, right? So you may not have that intensity in the gym. Now you're in the place where you're eating a little bit more food. So use that to your advantage, right? For some of you, it can still be a place where you can put on some muscle after the weight loss journey, because you might be in a slight sur sur uh, surplus, but in most cases it's maintaining what you have now, right? So you just want to show up at the gym and you want to have great intensity. You want to have a proper periodized program. And the best part about this is that you're, you're eating more calories to do that. So predictors of weight loss success means you're continuing with your, your, your weightlifting. You're in the gym doing resistance training. You're maintaining muscle mass because as we age, we will begin to lose muscle mass. It's, it's the part of aging. So we want to make sure that we're preserving that as much as possible or we're at least trying to build. So for some of you, and I, I'm, I'm talking about like long-term weight loss success um, and maintenance, it just means showing up four days a week versus the six days you were in there before, okay? Um, if you're a newbie in the gym, it hell, I don't know, right? And it depends on how much muscle mass you might have lost during your weight loss um, journey because it depends, right? Like if you're someone who was contest prep or someone who did a really, really, you know, weight, like a, a huge weight cut for an, uh, a sport of some sort, you do risk losing muscle mass. So you want to put that mass on as, as, as soon as you can, obviously, because it'll help with uh, shutting down hunger and everything too. But at the end of the day, maintaining that muscle mass as we age is pretty, pretty much um, a great predictor of uh, weight loss success and or long-term weight maintenance, right? Because muscle mass is more metabolic. And the thing is, is that what I like to think about this, and there's no science behind this, but if you're going to the gym and you're lifting, lifting consistently, you would think that you would want to get better sleep. You would want to um, improve your stress patterns. You want to be recovered. You want to eat, you know, efficiently for your workouts. So it's kind of like when you're showing up in the gym, you're going to show up in your lifestyle and your eating behaviors. Okay. doesn't work for everybody, but I think if you were to switch to that mentality, you probably see that you're a lot more success. And the last thing is kind of like this, it's along the same lines, uh, as, um, you know, just basically resistance training, but overall physical activity. 
So I like to categorize physical activity as just moving your body. Okay. So a lot of people think that, okay, once I'm done my weight loss journey, I don't have to exercise anymore or at the same volume. And that can be true. But the thing is, is that, is it the gym or is it physical activity? right? Because when you're actually dieting, there's a good chance that your body is conserving energy, right? Because as soon as it knows that there's too much of a deficit and too much exercise going on, there's going to be a point in time. And while we know with a deficit anyways, and if you're, um, and if you're losing body mass and, and, or sorry, lean body muscle mass and fat tissue, your needs going to go down, your BMR will go down. Um, at the end of the day, that, that means you're like kind of slower, right? Your physical activity will probably go down because you're conserving energy. So physical activity for me is just like, okay, so, you know, maybe you're not watching TV, you know, you are actually getting out and going for walks. Um, you're parking further away in the parking lot. You're still taking the stairs instead of the elevator. Like you're doing those types of things to remain as physically active because it's, it's just, you know, plenty of exercise. Like why not? Right. It's not too much, especially if you're someone who is sedentary. Like if you're someone who works at a, at a desk all day, you want to have this improved um, physical activity or to maintain it because it will help you with your long-term goal. Because the thing is, is that if you're sedentary and you're not moving much, again, that energy expenditure is going to be low. So, you know, we look at both sides of things like your nutrition and your energy expenditure. And if you want those two to match in maintenance, then you got to look at that, right? So if you're all, all you do is sit all day, you want to bring that um, total daily energy expenditure to match um, your, your calories coming in. So you're at maintenance. And that means maybe you have to do a little bit more walking. Maybe you are um, going to the gym, you know, four days a week, maybe you are um, playing in sports, whatever. It's going to look different for everybody, but a great predictor of weight loss success or long-term weight maintenance is maintaining physical activity. Okay. So like, even as I'm sitting here, you know, talking on the podcast here, I'm waving my hands and I'm talking to a screen. And the thing is, is that I'm standing too. And that is physical activity. Okay. So one way that you can measure that is just to get yourself a Fitbit or something that can measure um, just your steps. And it's going to register, like even you go into the grocery store, or if you do park further away, all of that starts, that stuff starts to register. And honestly, like anything less than 5,000 steps is really not, it, it, I mean, it's a, it's a benchmark zero to five for improving your health markers, but you know, five to 10 would be a, a better improvement. And that five to 10,000 range is really beneficial for a lot of people. So it's just something to consider. Um, and, you know, honestly, like get out to the park with your kids, go for a bike ride, these things like go hiking, all of these things, instead of just sitting there watching TV, um, and just kind of like, oh, you know, again, like if you're feeling super tired and you're not getting your physical activity in, and you're trying to maintain your weight loss, then you got to pay attention to what's actually going on. Is it your, you know, the lifestyle changes? Is it your eating behaviors? Like these things can start to add up as to why you're, you're struggling with your physical activity. Um, last thing. And I know I talked, I said that there was one, that was it, but I just realized I almost uh, missed one. The last thing would be overall monitoring some form of self-monitoring. So I talked a little bit about tracking food before, but it's not just limited to tracking your food intake. So it's not just, you know, making sure that you're eating your, at your maintenance calories or whatever. It really is about monitoring your, you know, for some people, it could be monitoring their weight, their measurements, using progress pictures. And the reason why you have this type of monitor system in place is so that if things should start to creep up, you can intervene before it's too late. So like, if you're someone who's like been doing really, really good, but all of a sudden, like, okay, over the last couple of weeks, you seem to be putting on like a pound a week. You're feeling like a little bit puffier. You know, it's not your cycle. If you're female, um, what's going on, 
if you have these pictures and weight and you see these trends, you can be like, oh, you know what? I actually haven't been tracking my food as much. And maybe you can dial things in a little bit, not to say you're going into a weight loss phase, but you just got to dial things back in. You just got to, you know, tighten up the reins a little bit, because remember when we're talking about success um, with weight loss, we're talking about adherence to your lifestyle changes, you know, improved eating um, behaviors. You have improved society promoting strategies. You're working out on a regular basis. You've got physical activity. If one of those things starts to kind of drift off and you're not doing it as much, guess what? These things can start to creep up and your weight might start to creep up and your body composition changes might start to change. And now you're no longer that success story. And I'm not saying that that there's anything wrong with that. What I am saying is that a lot of people are actually looking for the success. It's not just the journey of weight loss. And that's what my, my message to you here is today is that a true success story is going to come from maintaining what it is that you did. Like you were overweight to begin with, right? So change making those changes means that you've improved your health. And for some people, that's a huge thing. Maybe their joints don't hurt anymore. Maybe they're no longer a type two diabetic, their blood pressure changed. Um, they just are happier humans. Not everybody is happier with a six pack. I mean, I was there depends on the extreme nature of your diet, but I'll tell you this right now, in most cases, most women that I work, uh, work with, they are looking for, to feel better in their skin. They, they want to improve their, you know, their self-confidence and losing weight helps that. Okay. So at the end of the day, like, I mean, if you have a method to monitor all this, and if you have a method to, you know, improve your your um, outcome of success, then that's what you need to do. It's not just simply the weight loss aspect of it, because too often, that's why people resort to uh, fad diets. It's why they're not successful, because they're not doing, they're not participating in the things that matter most. And these predictors, like that I'm talking about a weight loss success, it's when you flip the script, it's why people are not successful. They no longer adhere to the lifestyle changes. They did their diet. They walked away. They did an extreme nature. Okay. Of it. Um, they are, they don't have improved eating, eating behaviors. They just said, okay, well, I've lost my weight. Now I'm just going to go back to what did I say before their previous eating behaviors? Okay. Well, that's what got you there to begin with. Like it's, it's really just like that mindset shift, right? Um, people who don't, that are not successful they're they, they just went back to eating and going out and drinking again. Like they did not adhere to those satiety promoting strategies. They were either making it too hard or it just was out of reach for them. And to, to be honest, for some people it is, they're trying to do too much. Um, they stopped going to the gym. They no longer want to do these things. Like it's because everything they did during the weight loss journey was probably too fucking hard. And the thought of having to maintain that is it's just way too difficult. But if you think about your weight loss journey, if you approach it the right way, you shouldn't have to do so many extreme things. Yes, you're going to have to have cognitive restraint. Yes, you're going to have to make some decisions. Yes, you're going to have to probably, well, of course, you're going to have to reduce calories. Yes, you're going to have to move more. That is part of it. But it's not forever because dieting is a phase. Um, being in a calorie deficit is a phase. It's not forever. And that's why I wanted to, to um, have this podcast. Like if you want true weight loss success, first and foremost, you got to get out of that deficit, number one. And number two, you have to put in place the things that are going to help promote success long term. We're talking weight loss maintenance is long term. That is true success. So just to cover it again, you want to be able to adhere to your lifestyle changes. You want to be um, improved 
you know, um, eating behaviors, okay, you want to have improved satiety promoting um, strategies, your, you know, increased months, uh, muscle retention and or building. So like you're in the gym, you're consistently doing resistance training, um, and increased physical activity, um, or, you know, you're maintaining that, um, you're involved in sports, you're, you know, parking further away, you know, you're, you, you are going to the gym, maybe you're going for walks, like, it's nothing crazy. It's everything that you're doing is something that you can maintain and adhere to. And finally, as you're monitoring it, you're, you have a method to monitor this stuff, whether it's tracking your food, taking pictures, measurements, or weighing yourself, those things are going to help you intervene when needed to help you be success, um, successful long-term. All right. That's it. That's all I have for you guys today. I wish you nothing but success on your fat loss, weight loss journey and well into maintenance. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it. And don't forget to tag me at Motivate and Be Fit and follow or subscribe on the podcast app of your choice. And please don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This allows the podcast to grow while helping more people figure their shit out. Chat to you next week.